haven't seen in a while. <laughs> I know, really though. No. Look at those biceps. Oh, I look like I have um. Who's that skin disease called? Eskimo. Leprosy. What is leprosy? You got es- Isn't that where it falls off? Oh, this is on again. It is on. You just have yeah. to put it. Okay, is it is it all the way up? They're all on the same. Yeah, list? they're all on ten. Okay, cool. And I have it at three, so we can not be like screaming in each other's yeah, ears. Okay, that'd be nice. Yeah, leprosy. <laughs> what is leprosy? It's like, did you know armadillos can give you leprosy? Like they carry leprosy, oh. but only like rounded oh. ones, or I don't know. Like only. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have your phone? Let's see. What is leprosy? Oh, are we going? I didn't yeah, even we know are. we were recording. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Okay, okay everybody, we are going to look up the definition of leprosy, and let's go ahead and Leprosy see. in Florida. Why is that the first thing that comes up? Also known as Hansen's disease, is a chronic infectious disease caused by mycobacterium leprae. The disease affects the skin, the peripheral nerves, and mucosal surfaces of the upper respiratory tract, and the eyes. Leprosy yeah. is known to occur all ages ranging from early childhood to old age, it mainly gives you bumps on the skin or granulomas. There it is. I'm telling you, that's not normal. <laughs> if, uh, um, what are the skin doctors called? Dermatologists. There we go. If a dermatologist is listening. <laughs> okay. Please uh, help In all friend. seriousness, Please. can you keep time just so? Because I have to leave here by 7.20-ish. Is that on date? Or? I do. Really? Yeah, well, not really mom. It's with her mom. No, it's just oh. with my mom. <laughs> It's a bad thing around there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, she's going to show you a good time. <laughs> yeah, I've that before. Okay. What? Mom's a nice lady. <laughs> she is. She really is. No, she seems like a great guy. I just remember seeing her at the soccer fields. I don't know why, but I yeah. just really remember your parents always being there. Yeah, they're very they, supportive. They are. They, like, they they're very good people. I remember always looking like, oh, should I have parents like that? <laughs> we could just have adopted you. Trauma. like, I know, like my dad said, he's gonna go get milk. <laughs> um, where is he? He hasn't been back for five yeah. years. <laughs> okay. Hi guys. In all seriousness, today we have a special guest. I haven't seen her in ten years. No, I'm just kidding. We have Shelby Corey on the podcast today, and Ooh. she is a competitor. She owns her own meal prep company and she's just an all-around amazing person and friend and she is my past client so hello Shelby welcome thank you thank you guys for having me I was just telling Natalie like it's so great that you guys are doing this because I feel like New Mexico is looking for something like in the like sports like business or just wellness business Mm -hmm. and I think it's really great that you guys are doing this Thanks. We just kind of are doing our best and learning yeah. as we go, so I'm glad that you've been enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen you guys in like 10 years. So. Yeah. The last time I saw you was puppy yoga, Yeah, which is such an... I love puppy yoga. Yeah, and actually, if you guys are interested in puppy yoga, it's at Two Cranes. It's at the beginning. <laughs> at Two Cranes. It's at Two Cranes. Can we get a little, like, little... Yeah, we'll put cranes? that in there. Oh. Okay, thank you. But no, it's uh, for a really great cause. Um, it's for East Mountain um, Companion Shelter. And it's at the beginning of every month. And it's kind of an adoption event. So if you're looking for a puppy or mm-hmm. yoga, you guys should come check it out. And therapy too. Because just being there and doing yoga and having puppies just around you is just so therapeutic. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure I cried. Things. 
No, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was just so happy that I was just crying. <laughs> I know, like, is she, is she sad? Is she happy? Is she okay? Yeah. Do we need to call the ambulance? Yeah. No, but go ahead and update us on what you've been doing. I know that you just did your show, and how was the training for that? How was, how was it all around? Oh, man. So, I've literally been on two back-to-back preps. And let me tell you, a girl is tired <laughs> and mentally drained, but at the end of the day, it's super rewarding. Um, so my current show, I just got from got back from Houston yesterday. Um, I got fourth place, and it was not what I expected, um, obviously. So right now, I'm kind of dealing with the post-show blues. So it's actually perfect. We're on here because, you know, some therapy. Yeah, a little therapy here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it, it but, is. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, but no, um, post-show blues is a real thing. And um, I'm also doing a show in the next two weeks. <laughs> so I kind of had gotten a little bit of taste after after the show. So now it's even, like, harder going back into another prep because, like, I got to taste what it was like to, like, eat real food. Yeah. And <laughs> what real life is. And then now it's like trying to flip that switch again back in my brain to like get back on prep for like two weeks. I know it's like only two weeks, but in my head it's like, no, I'm not doing that. But I'm like, you got to do that. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I know. I feel like because you were my past posing client, so I went through your first prep with you and knowing how hard of a work you are and you, you do compete I think this is general for everybody. Everybody competes to kind of go against themselves, but at the end of the day, it's still a competition. So it's like, it's kind of disappointing when you get on stage, you work so hard and then it's like, I want to get that first place, you know? But then like, I feel like you've been going and going and going and you're just a hard worker. And in my eyes, you're your first place. Oh, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I don't want you to get like down on yourself because like, prep in itself and just going through a prep and going through the dedication that it takes like that's a win in itself you know and like your body is amazing yeah so thank you (laughs) so you need to be proud of yourself and I'm so proud of you and watching your growth and then managing doing your own prep company and doing puppy yoga and like managing all these things while in prep like that's something to be so proud of yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a long time coming. Um, yeah, to be honest, I've like I feel like from when I started my first prep to now, um, I'm a totally totally different person. Mm-hmm. And like having you there, of course, for my first prep, like you literally saw every single day and everything that like I literally went through day in day out, and it's just like it's intense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's definitely a struggle, especially posing, because I remember Shelby was going to do a show like a couple years before you did your last show, yeah? Mm -hmm. And I remember going to the posing session and just like knowing that transformation from that first posing session, like being so uncomfortable, because if you haven't done a show, posing is probably like the most important part, and it's probably the hardest, one of the hardest parts, maybe comparably to being dead all the time but (laughs) no um posing by far is the hardest of all time um yeah um I highly suggest like starting to pose even before you pick a show 
Um, that's what I did because I literally didn't know how to walk in hills. I literally <laughs> am the most uncoordinated when it comes to like girly things, to be honest. So that, yeah, I had reached out to Gabby um, multiple times. The first, I've, I've been trying, like literally I've been wanting to like bodybuild probably like since I was like 16. Um, and I attempted like three times before I actually got on stage just because of like different variables, like like health issues, mm-hmm. um, timing, traveling. Um, and then you kind of finally learn that there's never gonna be the perfect time to go on a prep that you kind of have to send it. So the second time, um, yeah, I had reached out to Gabby and I was like, look, you know, we're gonna try again. Um, but first I really need to get this posing down before even committing to any show. And like, what, what, how long were we posing before? Like we Probably actually a whole it. year, yeah. I think. Yeah, I because, well, I think you reached out to me like a year before the show that you wanted to do because you were training with another coach for your first show. And yeah, I think you, you reached out to me like for a year before you actually competed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I've been through like three coaches, all amazing, all learned different things. But um, another really important thing about bodybuilding is like, um, learning like who you work good with mm-hmm. and who you work best with because um, everyone has a different approach and sometimes that approach doesn't work for everybody and um, especially something like changing your body mm-hmm. it's very intense so making sure before rushing into anything and um, choosing to do something like this it's definitely um important to do your research. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And I think that you can speak on this as a coach. It's not only important for the client side, but also the coach side. Like you have to get along with your coach and kind of mesh with your coach in a way that way you can be successful. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's for me personally, it's a three-step application process before I start working with someone. And you know, a lot of it is like they fill out a form. We do like an actual phone call and then we do like a pretty long zoom call to just make sure that one I can actually help them with what they're doing but also two to make sure that they fully understand like my coaching aspect because I am a different (laughs) nutrition coach in a lot of ways from people so you know I feel like when people kind of apply for nutrition coaching a lot of times it is for weight loss so they fully expect like oh we're just gonna like do a really aggressive cut and then that's it bye-bye on your way and um I'm not like I kind of explain it as I'm not a weight loss coach, but I'm a like a, a coach that helps you fix your like eating habits and behavioral habits and with that weight loss comes with it. And mm-hmm. so I really want to make sure that the client understands that before working together or else it kind of causes like a rift between us because they want something different than what I told them I can give them. So. Yeah. It is a long process, and I feel like with my two shows that I did, I did not do a good job at, like, interviewing coaches, and I just kind of went with whoever was like, yeah, all coaches. I was like, okay, sure, take my money. So it's good that you're, you know, doing different coaches and kind of getting that experience to see, like, what does work really well for you and what you do like, what you don't like, what does work well, what doesn't. Because, like you said, you know, when it comes to changing your body because everybody's body is so different, it's important to find what works for your body and your needs. And you mentioned that from your first prep to this prep, you've changed a lot. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, absolutely. 
So first prep, like I would just like to talk about, you know, since you're a nutrition coach, um, the eating and the habits that come with it. So first prep, you know, um, I had like, I, I was pretty normal like eater, like I never really had any like issues when it comes to like food, anything like that. Um, but doing my first prep, um, yeah, I built some really, really bad habits with food and a really bad relationship with food. Um, so to go with that, um, really like, man, like, like, let's just talk about binging for a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I've never struggled with binging mm -hmm. until literally going through a 20 week prep, mm -hmm. um, started like fruits started to become like a weird thing for me. Like, oh, like you cheated. You had, you had some pineapple. That's, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad, Shelby. Like, oh, you had some raisins. You cheated off plan. Like raisins aren't good for you. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, anything that wasn't on plan was bad for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, so then like when my body was like craving these things or like when my body was craving fats when it was like super low like and I cheated I ate some peanut butter because I was literally like I need I need fats like my body's like telling me you need fats mm -hmm. um, and then I would eat them and then um, and then you get the the voice in your head saying like no like you messed up mm -hmm. like you were wrong for this mm -hmm. like you're not gonna win like um, so then that just became like a cycle, like a really, really bad cycle. And after my prep, um, I benched, I literally, I think I gained like 20 pounds in like three weeks, maybe less than three weeks. Um, I didn't recognize myself in the mirror anymore. Um, I've never been like overweight or like uncomfortable in my body. Um, I couldn't even like look myself in the mirror. I was wearing hoodies. Um, I was just another person. Like it was just, it was probably like one of like the darkest times when it should have been like the happiest time out of a prep, right? Like mm -hmm. you just did this competition. You did this like really amazing thing that a lot of people can't do. Um, and yeah, like I, like I said, like, so that was one of the things that had definitely like totally like changed like my mindset and stuff and then after that um before deciding to go into another show I had I had a pretty big like pretty big break it was like I think like I competed in July and then I just competed now so it was a pretty big break so after that I was like something has to change like I can't have this relationship with food like it's just mm -hmm. I can't look like this I can't keep binging mm-hmm um, so then, yeah, after that, I decided to reach out to a couple people, a couple different coaches, um, and, you know, um, got my head on straight and, you know, just having the self-awareness to be like, okay, like this, this has to change if I want to continue in this sport. Um, like you, you can't do this sport and like have a bad relationship with food. It just, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So, um, I decided that I was going to keep the promises to myself, meaning like I got to work on, on my habits and I have to work on my awareness and really like the hard truth of it all is, am I stable enough to compete? Mm -hmm. Because like, you don't want to hear that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and so I think that was like like a bright light in my life with like just learning that um, you have to like retrust yourself when it comes to like food. You have to mm-hmm, retrust yeah. yourself when it comes to making decisions. Um, and thankfully, like I was able to work through that and through like that hard time, like I feel like it came out a better, more um, confident person and having a better relationship with food. Because like I feel like the main thing is like you don't ever want to like admit you have problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the hardest part. It's like, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that that whole experience I think has really changed, changed me. And yeah, yeah. And I feel like the psychology of bodybuilding competitions isn't really talked a lot about, mm-hmm. and especially between coaches and clients when starting. You know, like when I did both my preps, neither of my coaches, you know, kind of explained to me in advance the type of cravings that would happen, the type of, Mm -hmm. you know, mental like issues that would come with it. And so although it's unfortunately a relatively normal thing to endure when you are so restrictive with your food, I think it would be not as intense, you know, if when you start the process, your coach kind of sits you down as like, hey, You know, as we adjust, as we drop carbs, as we drop fat, you know, your body's going to start, you know, stimulating these cravings more. This is going to happen and explain to you why. So that if you do end up, you know, having fruit or raisins, that you're not necessarily attacking yourself, but you're able to kind of look at it a little bit more objectively. Like that that sensation of guilt will probably still be there because like we're eating off a plan, you know, like our brain kind of latches on to like, in order for me to succeed, I have to follow this to a T. And when we don't, we're like, fuck, I'm failing. And, but I feel like, you know, if you kind of had that coaching through it of like, this is what's happening in your body and this is why, Mm -hmm. then when, you know, if you do fall off plan, it's not necessarily like I'm messing up. I'm the problem. Like I'm not strong Mm -hmm. enough. My willpower is not, it's like, no, literally my brain is trying to get me to have more carbohydrates for energy or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. was going on. And I think it's important that, you know, bodybuilding coaches, they start, incorporating the more like holistic approach of how the mind and the gut work and the body work so that it doesn't continue ruining people's relationships with food and it's because it's such a sad thing like you can I think bodybuilding can be a really beautiful and healthy thing if you go into it with a mindset of understanding what's going to happen and how to deal with it kind of like how you express the second prep went you know, I think it's really beautiful that you're able to go into the second prep with one, that awareness of those habits that aren't helpful for you mm-hmm. so that when they do, you know, if they do pop up, you kind of have a better game plan of how to deal with it because you already experienced, you know, how to kind of maybe talk yourself out of it. So it's not such an intense, guilty emotion that's going on, but also just going into it and understanding like, you know, kind of how you said, like keeping your promise that if I want to go far in this sport, I have to keep my mental health in check and understand that, you know, if I do it off plan, you know, I eat off plan. I'll talk to my coach about it and explain, mm-hmm. you know, so that they can adjust my plan for what I did. And that's, mm-hmm. that's such a hard thing to do. I feel like as a client, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to tell your coach when you're not following plans or, you know, things like that. Cause like we, we don't want the person who we're investing in 
to feel like we're failing them or that we're not doing what we're told or that we're not strong enough or have enough willpower. And so, you know, I, that coming back around, you know, it's super important that you have that relationship with your coach where you can be completely vulnerable mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and yourself so that they can adjust it to you, you know, and if you have a coach that is judging you and making you feel bad about what you're doing, you should probably leave them. Yeah. yeah. Like there's like such an unsaid pressure. Mm-hmm. Like always. Yeah. And I think it's something that's so common in so many competitors and it makes people, I think it draws into that psychology of feeling bad around food because it's not very talked about because nobody wants mm-hmm. to really address that. Hey, I'm going to fall off plan or, Hey, I'm human. And I, I binged or whatever it is, you know, it's not really talked about and normal, not like normalized, you know, to where people feel like it's a continuous process, you know, they continue to have that unhealthy relationship with food because it's not talked about and then they feel bad about it. Yeah, I feel like, um, like there's no such thing as a perfect prep, right? No, at all. (laughs) um, I just feel like that's like an unsaid thing. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't talk about going off plan. Yeah, which is crazy because I feel like when we, you know, you talked about how after your show you binged and, you know, you kind of got the post-show blues and stuff. And once again, I feel like that's not really talked about much of what to expect Mm -hmm. after prep, what Mm -hmm. comes after prep, you know. And I feel like a lot of coaches may not or a lot of client coaches don't think about prep to the entirety of what happens after prep because Mm -hmm. if you get a coach that's like, okay, cool, we just finished your show Let's work on incorporating more foods back into your diet slowly so you don't get, you know, like the shits or constipated or bloated. But let's also like reverse diet you up so that you're just – because now like those mental restrictions that you've had on food have been lifted because you're off prep. You don't have a plan to follow. So it's like essentially just full throttle. Your brain's like, well, fuck, like I can have anything now. Like there's no restrictions. And because I haven't had it in so long, like I'm just going to – you know, instead of having like one donut, I'm going to have like 12 donuts in one sitting. And Mm -hmm. so it's important, you know, people who are listening that want to go into bodybuilding, you know, have those conversations with your coach of like, hey, are you coaching me through after prep as well to get back to a healthy amount of eating? Or is it just like once we're done, we're done, you know, like really do that because then what happens is you fall into a cycle of like, well, I binge and kind of how you said, like, I'm not comfortable with my body now. And so a lot of people, myself included, are like, well, I'll just go back into prep and do another show to get back to, you know, how I felt when I was 8% body fat. And then once again, you still didn't, not you, but like, you still didn't necessarily learn how to eat outside of prep. So then when prep ends, you go back to binging and then you go back into prep. It's it's a cycle. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, if anything, like your after prep is more important for coaching and guidance than it is like during prep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, you hear it, like, you hear all the time, just, like, in the little circle with, um, I mean, even just, like, the girls, like, on my team, things like that, it's, like, um, the struggles of it, mm-hmm. um, like, you, like, I, like I said earlier, like, it, it's, like, a flip of a switch, right, it's, like, oh, like, I'm not working towards anything right now, like, I have nothing holding me back from eating this whole box of donuts, why not, mm-hmm. yeah, but then, like, it, that's obviously not healthy, yeah, yeah. like, get bloated you feel like gross then the body dysmorphia comes in Mm -hmm. and it's just like a vicious vicious cycle and then the thoughts of like oh well maybe i need to go burn this off because i ate 12 donuts and it's um going like an hour of stairs yeah and you're just like and you're miserable again and it just like more solidifies that unhealthy relationship with food and 
it's, you know, it's a, I feel like if coaches kind of changed how they worded things too, it'd make it like one of my biggest pet peeves is when coaches are like, oh yeah, you get a cheat meal today. And I think that, you know, even though it doesn't sound like much or seem like much when you're in that type of mindset and you're so deprived of different types of foods and you have so much restriction around foods, our brain kind of hears that and it's like, okay, so it's a cheat meal. So this food is not good because I'm cheating on it. Like it's a negative adjective. So once again, if coaches just kind of like restructured how they worded things and explained why you're getting more calories, why you're getting certain types Mm -hmm. of food, you know, a lot of cheat meals are burgers and fries. So like explaining how that helps your body, how it helps your metabolism, how it stops Mm -hmm. you from plateauing. Yeah, plateauing. Yeah, plateauing. What is the word? (laughs) Plateauing. (laughs) Then, you know, once again, it kind of helps with that relationship of food because you're understanding why this food is being provided and, you know, maybe not fucking calling it a cheat meal and just like, hey, you know, on Saturday, you're going to have an increase of calories because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I love that. And that's, yeah. yeah, I really loved how. Both of you said that it's it's important to look about after the show because I feel like if we looked at a prep and also incorporated the post-show time period, then a lot of women would be a lot more healthier around food. And then also that education piece of mm-hmm. talking to a coach about, hey, I know that I'm going to be on a really restrictive diet and actually going into knowing what you're going into and being prepared for that will set someone up for a lot more success than going into it and being like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do all of this stuff and I'm going to follow it to a hundred percent, you know, and knowing that, Hey, sometimes you may fall off because you're human, you know, mm-hmm. just let me know if that happens. And that's something that we can work around in terms of training and in terms of future planning with your meal plans, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, having that open dialogue with your coach and knowing exactly what you're getting yourself into when you're competing can kind of break this cycle of body dysmorphia mm-hmm. and unhealthy relationships with food. Cause it's, I think it's just something that's not talked about because like we said, nobody wants to sound like they're failing. Yeah, or, that's true. And, and you're not even failing. Like Gabby said, you're yeah. just being a freaking human. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause you know, if we were, more open to talking to our coaches about you know when we fall fall off even that's a stupid way to explain it but when we just you know eat food that our body needs (laughs) like literally (laughs) it's you know like if you tell that to your coach and you if you have a good coach then they should be adaptable to what you need they're there for you you are not there for them to impress them they're there to serve you and so if you know if you're having if you are someone who's having a hard time staying on prep and you tell your coach, you know, I'm having a hard time staying on prep with this plan that you have instead of the coach being like, oh, well, you know, it's one size fits all essentially like just fucking do it. Like all my other clients were able to do it. Like, why can't you? The coach should be able to be like, okay, well maybe we should try like calorie cycling or carb cycling. Like if we have a few days of the week where we strategically increase your calories and then the rest are a little bit lower, but you're weekly intake is still the same amount. Mm -hmm. Something as simple as that could help mentally because you're still getting like, a little surge of food that, you know, maybe could go towards fruit for reasons or whatever it may be. And so it's, yeah, Yeah. it's just, if anybody's wanting to go into bodybuilding, I think it's a great experience overall because you Mm -hmm. learn so much about yourself. You learn so much resilience. See, you learn so much about like, they are, it's late today. (laughs) Like, Like you learn just so much about 
how your body responds to food. And it's such a important, like I always tell people when they ask, you know, if I'll ever do bodybuilding again, I'm like, you know, for me, probably not. But if anybody's interested in fitness, I think everyone should do at least one show because you've mm-hmm. learned so much about yourself. But take the time to really like research your coach, you know, make sure you work well with your coach. Mm -hmm. Maybe even before you start prep, if you're interested in a certain coach, hire them for like a short amount of time just to do like maintenance diet so you can see how they coach you, how you respond to them, how adaptable they are to you. Because like as a coach, you should always meet your client where they are. Granted, you should still encourage them to, you know, be better and like Mm -hmm. demand more of themselves. But at the same time, like both of you said, we're humans and things happen and you know we're our body is not meant to be in a deficit that's why we get all these biofeedbacks like cravings and stuff because Mm -hmm. our body has learned over time throughout all the years that it doesn't do well in a deficit it's not meant to be in a deficit so just having you know that educational aspect of what happens in your body when you are eating like 900 calories a day or you are eating the same three foods every single week like what to expect from that yeah I think going into a show and having that prior knowledge and those data points on yourself like okay how does my body respond to x amount of protein how does it respond to x amount of carbs or whatever it is that allows you to go into a show and be more successful because then you can give your coach those data points Mm -hmm. and it's not like all right I'm just going to put you on a cookie cutter 1500 calories because this is what I start all my clients on and then I'm going to progressively decrease Mm -hmm. you know it's like everybody's metabolic rate is different dependent Mm -hmm. on how much muscle you have dependent on genetics Mm -hmm. so it's like you need to have that base knowledge because at the end of the day uh it's a relationship and a coach isn't going to know everything about your body. Mm-hmm. You know, a coach isn't going to look at you and yeah, like through time with working with you, they, they learn based on mm-hmm. how your body yeah. is responding. But it's like, if you sit down and learn more about yourself and become more in tune with your body, then you can be a better client and then help them be a better coach to you as well. Yeah. Self-awareness is key when it comes to things like this. Mm-hmm. And if you do have a coach who gives you food amounts based off of your calculated BMR, you should also get a new coach. <laughs> like BMR and total daily energy expenditure, they're good reference points, but like BMR, all it takes into consideration is your height, weight, and age. It doesn't take into consideration like what Gabby said, like your metabolic health. You know, if you're someone who is constantly dieting, your metabolic rate is going to be significantly lower. Mm-hmm. If you're someone with insulin sensitivity, your metabolic rate is going to be significantly lower, like 700 calories type of lower, you know. Or, um, if you, you know have autoimmune issues or things like like there's so many factors that play into what your metabolic rate is that that stupid formula doesn't consider so like and you know what's frustrating is like I look back to when I first started nutrition coaching and I definitely relied a little too heavily on like BMR and I like look back at me and I'm like what are you doing just (laughs) Just want to like slap myself around but yeah I mean it's it's yeah don't or if like I don't know I've heard of some coaches that were like oh, yeah, you just input your stuff in my fitness pal and follow what it says. And I'm like, why the fuck are they giving you money? <laughs> no, literally. Or just, like, this person who, like, does, like, has, like, ten bikini girls and they give, like, one girl's, like, five, three, and another girl's, like, what, like, five, eight, or, you know, all these different heights. And they're literally giving them, like, oh the God. same cookie-cutter plan. They're, like, eat this rice, chicken, and veggies, and then we'll get you on stage, and you're just, like, dude, like, every, like you said, everybody's different. Everybody has different allergies. 
like some people can eat red meat some people can't like it just you know your all of our bodies are so unique mm-hmm. and so different that if your coach isn't uniquely customizing your plan to your body and willing to learn what works for you like it's not even it's not worth it get a new coach yeah yeah get a new coach Cut them off. <laughs> Cut them out. Block them. <laughs> just kidding. You say rock them? Block them. Oh. I'm <laughs> like, fight them. I'm just fight well, them. But, like, again, but another, on a positive note, you know, just not, like, the food for all the We're money got depressed. out of this. I know. Right? Joy and bodybuilding. <laughs> bodybuilding is great. No. Um, there are so much positive aspects to it. Again, like, it's taught me that, you know, whatever life throws at you in your day-to-day life, like, you have to get your stuff done, come rain or come shine, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I got to get my cardio done, and there's always going to be roadblocks in the way, but that's, like, that's when discipline comes in, and you really don't know what you're made of until, like, you actually put your all into something. Like, like mm-hmm. the discipline I've learned is just insane, like... Mm-hmm. You just do it even though you don't want to do it. Everything in your body's like, dude, I can't do this cardio today. You're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I can do it. And then I'm just like, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, come on. Bitch, you kind of go get on the stairs and like, you're literally on the stairs like fighting demons. Like, left and right, bro. But then you're like done and then you realize like, man, like my body can do so much Mm -hmm. more than you think. Yeah, it really teaches you how resilient and how strong the body is because even despite all the stuff that I went through whenever I was in bodybuilding, like my body still recovered Mm -hmm. and like I'm here Mm -hmm. now and I learned so much, but Mm -hmm. you even learn like I love different shapes of the body. Like me and Natalie were talking about this last week on a podcast, Only Kings, shout out. Um, (laughs) We... We took different forms. Like, Natalie has really amazing obliques oh, and, like, everything else. <laughs> like, oh, you have an body. But um, I also, like, for me, like, I had, like, a six-pack abs. Oh, so yeah, they were nice. Dude, your abs were, like... I remember when they came in, like, because we were, you know, on our first show, I remember when they came in, and I was just, like, staring at them, like, when the fuck did that happen? Did you just wake up one morning? It was like, bam, bam, bam. I was like, what the fuck? Dude, that's really how it works. Like, I'll be, like, going, like, again, like, on these preps, like, I'll be, like, like, 15 weeks in, and I'm, like, nothing's showing, and I'm, like, so pissed, and then literally, like, one day I just wake up, and, like, there's, like, surprise, they're, like, like, abs are there, like, my, like, quads are in, and I'm, like, I slept real good last night. Weird how the body does that. It's so weird, dude. It really does because I don't remember a specific day that my abs showed up or like my striations. Yeah, they showed up. And then I just remember looking in the mirror and being like, with my like skinny face, <laughs> with my skeleton. Yeah, face. your face, your face responds to dieting. Oh crazy yeah, fast. I get bad diet face. Like I'm. Or it's like, or I remember we were James in, Woodward. yeah, those little, what was the, what's the iron soul? I remember mm-hmm. we were in iron soul from, I think it was my second prep and we were doing like some, what the fuck are these called? The tricep overhead yeah. stuff. Yeah. And Gabby's filming me and I look at the video and I had like those little fish gills up here. And I was like, when the fuck did those get there? Oh my God. I was like, do you see them, Gabby? Like you see them too, right? And then each prep you start seeing more shit and you're mm-hmm. like, I'm a muscle mommy. You can see my kidneys. (laughs) What the fuck? I can see my organ. (laughs) You might want to see a doctor if that's the case. 
<laughs> like in that SpongeBob episode, I'm like, yeah. you lifted up, and they're like, <laughs> if you know that episode, like, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, that's good. But I think, going back a little bit, I think what you said, you know, that's something that's so admirable. 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 <laughs> Dude, words are so admirable. Hard. And that's our show. Goodbye. <laughs> what's the, yeah, what's, whatever that word is about bodybuilders is their discipline. Yes. Because, like, when we reduce our food intake, when we're in a deficit, like, motivation is actually a biofeedback marker of the body because your brain is so fucking smart and it's like this girl is not eating enough food for us like we're gonna decrease motivation so much in hopes that she won't do anything so that we can just fucking try and recover and not expend any energy Mm -hmm. and so that's something that I always find so condemnable (laughs) I don't want to say that word (laughs) condemnable for bodybuilders is just how much their discipline is because everything in their body is going against doing what we have to do it's literally being like no we have no motivation stay in bed Mm -hmm. just go back to sleep don't get up at 3 a.m to go do cardio just stay in bed but the next thing you know you're fucking at the gym doing cardio at 3 30 a.m you're like i don't even know how i got here it's like the david dawkins you gotta lift the boat you just gotta (laughs) keep going Carry the boat, carry the boat, and I'm like, come the stairs. I'm carrying the boat. Yeah. <laughs> no. I know every every time I would do cardio in the morning, I'd be like, okay, I finished five minutes. I have four more five minute intervals that I have to do. I've got three minutes and two more minutes for the five minute interval. Times four yes. is still yes. ten minutes. This like shit, you know out. this shit. You have to tell your mind <laughs> to like get this shit done. It's absolutely like insane. Dude, I wish Choose right that has like the movie theaters for the. Yeah. I wish that was around when I was on prep. That's yeah. Cool. Like, just go there and just, like, you're just watching, like, the Barbie movie. Just, like, I'm Knuff <laughs> on the treadmill. <laughs> so, like, like, in this other, like, mindset place that, like, I couldn't even watch shit. Like, so I you would, would just, like, raw dog cardio? <laughs> but no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, like, I'd get, like, I, I'd have to literally watch. Like, I'd go on TikTok and I'd, like, type in, like, motivational <laughs> Like, this is how, like, goofy, like, I look at it now, like, this is the most, like, dramatic, like, prep series ever, but then, like, during, like, I literally feel like I'm, like, in war, bro, like, I tell my head, I'm, like, I'm in the bunkers, dude, (laughs) I'm, like, listening to, like, the most, like, intense, like, crazy, like, motivational speeches, like, and I'm, like, people out here are actually going through shit, and I'm, like, you're trying to, like, get to the, like, stairs, but, like, I'm, like, watching these videos, and it's, like, Jocko, like, he was, like, a Navy SEAL, and, like, David Goggins. And, yeah, like, David Goggins gets me pumped up. Dude, I'm, like, fucking, like, I'm, like, literally in the mindset, it. like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, like, go oh, kill these people, like, <laughs> And then I get off, like, the stairs, and I'm, like, okay, oh, like, yeah. Like, go into, like, the nice sports and wellness bathrooms, like, <laughs> I'm, like, okay, you're so dramatic. But sometimes, that's how it is, you know? Sometimes yeah. to get through, like, workouts, you've got to, like, just yeah. fucking get into that dark place and just be, like, people mm-hmm. have died for that. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm number one. I'm number one. I've got this. Yeah, yeah. it's, like, 
like in in CrossFit, we have a lot of hero workouts where they're they're meant to be very brutally hard workouts yeah. as like a memorial for people who have died in right. service or stuff like yeah. that. And so anytime in those workouts, and I feel like I need to slow down or something, I'm like you fucking little bitch, this man died for us. Get your shit together. Like or like we had one the other day where this lady. Um, was, I don't know why I'm laughing, I have dark humor, where this lady was murdered, um, <laughs> I'm not laughing at her being murdered, I just don't, like, anytime it's dark, I don't know how to deal with emotions, so I giggle. I like, I'm the type of person yeah. who laughs at funerals. I'm, like, but, actually, like, making jokes, like, yeah. <laughs> when it's, like, intensive, like, yeah, I'm like, uh, but she, she was, like, out jogging, and she got murdered on her jogging trail, so, like, there was a workout for her that we did, and literally, when we were running, and I was, like, want, I think it was, like, you had to do, like, a mile like there's things you had to do like a mile and a bunch of other stuff within like nine minute intervals Mm -hmm. and so like I'm like trying to sprint my mile and I'm like cramping and I'm like oh my god I need like I want to stop and I'm like no I bet she would love to be running right now like fucking get your high knees high knees let's go make a pimp cry over here bro Yeah, it's like it's weird how the brain can just like kind of switch into that and then as soon as you're done you're like I died, but it like I did it. Yeah, it was, yeah. You know, I feel more like, resiliency. Yeah. I feel like that's something I love about CrossFit because I have just like a, I can dig you so do deep. So good in CrossFit if you actually start. <laughs> There's times where she comes into workouts and yeah. she's like just fucking killing. I'm like, what the fuck? Who? <laughs> I can just dig so deep in my brain that I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It's like lifting with Gabby. Is it sucks. Like the worst. <laughs> it is. It's horrible. Like, yeah, like I can like press. Like a bitch can like press. A bitch can like you know deadlift. But dude, I hate. Yeah, she I makes me to, feel yeah, weak. I literally like went to Alphaland with like, Gabby, and she's like, "We're just gonna deadlift." Okay. We're just gonna do some casual yeah. like sixty yeah. percent deadlift. That's fucking like six hundred pounds. I'm yeah. like, you fucking what? This bitch, though, I swear to God, she has like three plates, and she's like repping them out one after. And I was like, like carry she, the bowl, carry the bowl. Yeah, no, and then she goes, "Shall we hop in?" I'm like. Okay, and I, like, <laughs> I was like giving my fucking whole soul, all my whole pussy into this shit, bro. Like fucking. Like, and then like, Gabby's like staring at me, and I'm like, bro, like why you gotta do me up like in front of all these people like this? Yeah, or like there's times where like during my first year doing the open and CrossFit, it was a, like the way it works is you have to have someone watch your reps and stuff for it to count and judge you. And because of my work schedule, I wasn't ever able to make, like, when the whole gym was doing it. So I'd, like, go in with, by myself and have, like, my other friend Gabby record it for me. And I'd, like, tell her to come with me so I wasn't working out by myself. And, like, this freaking bitch would be, like, keeping track, like, keeping up. And I'm, like, you don't even fucking do CrossFit. What the fuck is this? And I'd be, like, trying to push harder. And she's just over there, like, smiling. Like, come on, man. I'm, like, yeah, she'd be, like, I'm, like, dying, can't talk. And she's, like, you got this. Just keep pushing. Like, shut the fuck up. Why are you talking? How can you breathe right now? That is literally so true. <laughs> we need to start a club of just people who hate working out with Gabby because yeah. she's so great. <laughs> no, literally. But she, she really does. She literally does it with a smile. Like, she doesn't yeah. change. She's so she's motivating. Like, she's just fucking proud. And then as soon as she's done, she's just, like, fixing her ponytail. And she's like, that was so fun. And, like, she's smiling. And I'm just, like, dead on the floor in my own puddle of sweat. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> no, like, literally. Like, imagine posing with this chick at, like, 5 a.m. for an hour straight. It was like, bruh, like, my, like, toes were bleeding. Like, <laughs> stop doing it again. 
Do it. You can do it better. Do it again. You're but so hey, great. You caught this. You look how you came. Hey, look how far you came. She made me why I'm shallow caps. I know. Like when we would do our posing together in the first, I dude posing for me is so bad. I'm pissed now because like my lat spread pose is a bit like a thousand times better. I could never freaking get it. And so like we'd always practice posing, and she'd just be like a swan, all elegant, <laughs> and like so good. I'm over there like the Hulk. Like how do I? I don't know how to, what do I do with my hands? Literally, like, literally, Gabby would be like, literally, like, okay, do this, and she'd literally be, like, in a fucking, like, nutcracker plate, bro, like, putting a bitch in tears, and she's like, okay, now you do it, and I'm literally, like, fucking robot food. <laughs> yeah, but, no, you're, 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 like, literally the real life, like, Jim Barbie. No! Yeah, you're yeah. the muscle mommy. Yeah. You are the mother the of muscle mommy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How does Not it how does it feel to be up. how does it feel to be the mother of a muscle mommy? <laughs> you know, it doesn't really feel like I'm that, but um I feel like okay. there's a lot of people that are better. Tell us your one rep maxes. <laughs> I know, right? And then we'll do a talk. Can we talk about how when me and you like first met, we literally spoke in a different accent for like the first month we were together. I don't know if it's because we were both, like, socially awkward and that made us, like, feel better. Like, we use comedies to, like, get through awkwardness. But I swear to God, we literally spoke. And, I think like, you guys should speak in those accents for the yeah. remainder of the podcast. No, we, <laughs> we would do what would be. It was the... <laughs> it was, um... Oh, I... What? <laughs> I am sassy. No, <laughs> sassy, Shelby. I have this okay. neck and the... Yeah, this is... It would be with, like... No, it was, was more Swiss, like a... Was it a Switzerland accent? It a Switzerland? Like, <laughs> we're like... It was like a Shelby. <laughs> Remember? Oh, it was like a... It, oh, it was, was like an Indian, Indian accent. It was the Indian accent. That, that was the one we would, we would speak like this. Literally, for the first two months, we were together. <laughs> we would greet each other in this accent... <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, like, I honestly look back at it now, and I'm like, I literally don't under, like, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, we would talk the whole session, even if we were just having a regular yeah. conversation. <laughs> so like weird. I said, I think you should do that for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> All right, Dave. All right, yeah, she would be like, okay, now turn to the judges. Now give them a sassy shelby. She likes I would... <laughs> She, like, made alter egos for me. She's like, okay, when you're up on that stage, like, you're sassy Shelby. And I had to be like, I'm sassy Shelby. <laughs> I think it was because I, I'm, I'm probably the most social, like, socially awkward person because I feel like I'm an extrovert, but I'm also, like, very introverted. And I don't know. It has to do with the situation. I think if someone's coming off and they're socially awkward, then I'm naturally socially awkward. I'm like, uh... I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to say. But if someone like matches my energy, then yeah. she was like, "Oh, she's talking in an accent." Okay, I can do that. <laughs> no, literally, like makes sense. Like, I see I'm that. Like, like, yeah, like, I, I'm like one of those people too. Like it's like like I always wanted to get along with girls, and it's not that I don't get along with girls. I just feel like girls like don't understand my humor. 
I think it's it like weird. I get that. <laughs> yeah, same. I yeah. always like like growing up. I always wanted female friends, Dude, I but I don't know if it was just because like I really liked sports growing up, and I'd always yeah. want to be like when girls would be like, "Oh, you want to like tea party or something?" Like rugby, yeah, no, <laughs> or some shit. I, don't, I was I also looked like a boy until like eighth grade, <laughs> so I just fit better with yeah. that. And same, I feel like now I mean I definitely am more female friend now which is cool yeah I think I've always been like kind of girly but I've also always been very weird yeah like I'm just probably the weirdest person and people meet me and they're like I never thought that you would be like this and I'm just like uh so many photos I have of you on my phone you're just making stupid ass faces like you know my favorite one is the one of you on the plane when we were going to my bachelorette party and I like told you look over you're like can that be the, the can that be like the thumbnail photo for yeah. this video? Yeah, I'll like send it to you. I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's yeah, so fun. Like anytime I'm like scrolling through my camera, I'm like, oh my god, and I'm like, just it's, fucking, it's one of her best oh. faces ever. Speaking of like friendships and like as we grow into adults, <laughs> as we're growing, as we're getting older, as we are um, aging like cheese. Like, do you guys find it like? You know, I know you guys have known Okay, okay right, so like, do you guys like I know you guys have known each other what how long have you guys been friends for? Like ten years? Yeah. Almost. Almost a little bit over ten years. Yeah. Do you guys feel like um like in your journeys of like again like growing and things like that, that it's been hard to keep in touch with like certain friends or like, you know, when you're focusing on yourself or like growing mm-hmm. just in general, yeah. have you found it hard to keep friendships or um in general like finding like minded people and like I guess so and so like outgrowing people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I think especially in this age, especially like in your mid twenties, this is kind of when people are either finding who they are and they're either like partying or they're finding their career, you know, and I feel like a lot of friendships grow apart. And I think that's something that you need to accept and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like people are meant not, some people aren't meant to be with us for the entirety of our life and they're meant to be with us in a certain season of our life to either Mm -hmm. teach us something or be there with us for something. But then there's people like that, you know, you're going to, they're going to be my life forever. Like Natalie's and you also is like one of those people squad. That like I know that I can all I can go without talking to you for months right. at a time and then talk to you and it will be completely fine. Mm-hmm. But I think like I said, especially in this age, it's like we're trying to figure out who we are and where we want to go in life. And some people grow apart because some people stay in the parting phase, which is totally fine. And some people want to work and be kind of reach their goals and things like that. So. I think it's totally fine and something that's not talked about because I think a lot of people do struggle with that. Like they're like, I'm losing friends or I have a smaller circle Mm -hmm. and it is totally fine to have a small circle. I think social media has kind of jaded our mind to think that we need to have all these friends and it's like you don't need all these people yeah, there's just only get a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, we really don't people just can't talk yeah, i feel like especially even just like with prep oh yeah know, like um i've lost like some really really like tight friends that like i thought mm-hmm. would be literally my life forever mm-hmm. and like it's just really unfortunate but like you said like i think people are meant to be in your life for um certain reasons and certain times and um at the end of the day like 
you know, you're, you're growing and sometimes Mm -hmm. your growth just goes different ways. But yeah, I feel like preps, preps a really selfish thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to explain that to somebody who doesn't understand it. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's it's just unfortunate, but that's what I want to do. And that's one of my passions. And then like, again, like if people can't be on board with that or respect it or, understand that like yeah like I can't do everything I can't go out and party and drink I mean it's not forever right but if like they like if people can't get on board with that and like be supportive of my goals just for that time and space then you know it's it's usually time to like yeah yeah yeah. and it's you know there's nothing wrong without growing people Mm -hmm. you know with prep or honestly just like trying to improve health related behaviors you know it really highlights the people that want you to become the best version of yourself and then the people who like hanging out with you because of who you are in certain situations Mm -hmm. yeah and so that can always be a hard thing and you know I don't think people really talk enough about how when you realize who is actually there with your best interest and who is there to use you how even if you outgrow someone like it's okay to kind of mourn that person leaving your life and also the part of you that no longer serves those people or fit with those people Mm -hmm. like you know and it's a totally normal thing and it's there's nothing wrong with that you know it's it's all about finding your people that you know want to actually see you do the Mm -hmm. best that you can who understand that this is important to you and it's okay if you you know can't go out and drink and stuff like you said because it's temporary you know and find other ways to hang out with you that isn't around you know, food and alcohol and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Like when I was in prep, I was, I remember I was like trying to date, which was a stupid <laughs> fucking thing. And I'd like go on dates with guys and I would tell them like, Hey, I can't eat. I can't, well, I can't, <laughs> I photosynthesize. <laughs> like I, you know, I'd be like, Oh, well I can't, you know, we can't go out on a date or like there'd be guys who'd be like, well, can't you just like miss your cardio tonight? And I'm like, right. no, you dumb fucking bitch. I can't miss my cardio. How dare you? And they're yeah. like, well, it's just like, one day I'm like, get out, you're done and stuff. And it's like all about finding, like I said, the right people. Like Mm -hmm. when I, I started dating Garrett when I was on prep and I told him, I was like, Hey, like I can't eat food. We can't do food. (laughs) I can't exist. We can't do anything. He's like, okay, he's all give me like a few days to think about what. And he's all, what if we do the state fair? He's on, I'll make sure that like, you don't get tempted by any of like the foods or whatever. And we just like go ride, ride and, Mm -hmm. you know, possibly fall off them and die. And I was like, okay, sure. And you know, and so like, same thing with her, like, you know, because I was during our during my second prep and also my first prep too. You know, I was living in Lobo Village. I was definitely right. like with a lot of friends who were in party phases, mm-hmm. and it was really kind of sad to see like what friends only wanted me around because it's like <laughs> nasty Nat comes out when she's drunk or my alter ego, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Here. So it's is that your alter ego? Yeah, thirty three. I like that. Mine is Natasha. Ooh, I don't even know if I have one. I don't really party. Oh, you're fun when you're drunk, though. Oh, I, I mean, not that you're imagine. not fun when you're not drunk, but when you drink, oh my god, I fucking love drunk Gabby. We, I yeah, like that's on my bucket list. Is drunk Gabby. <laughs> Me and her had like one drink after my last show. Yeah, and like we were like both buzzed. <laughs> it was like <laughs> had a couple sips. Like I think I drank this much of my drink. It was like an inch of my drink, and we're like. Oh. Yeah. Do you remember when we went to Elephant Bar for your birthday? No. And we no. had, we got drinks, and you were, you, like, finished half, you that. finished, yep. like, one drink, and we're just there at the bar, and we're, like, eh, like, so fucking drunk. I think we had to text Garrett to come pick us up, because neither of us could try. I from, like, one, or, yeah. no, two, we did do two drinks, and yeah. she was so drunk. 
Oh my god. Love drunk Gabby. I'm a lightweight. Like my wedding or like something something big, like I wanna see drunk Gabby. I'll come out. Fuck that, just do it on a Tuesday. Tequila Tuesday. It's just us having like a drinking. I've been telling her that I want yeah. so I'm I'm currently not drinking until the end or the after the first week of December because I have a CrossFit competition oh, nice. and so like that my way sense. of prepping for it is not drinking alcohol. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but I we've been wanting to do like a drunk podcast where awesome. we just kind of you know take yeah. some shots and just see where the conversation goes and we'll make you be the the <laughs> guest on. There, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, once you're off the prep, yeah. maybe we'll do some spiked eggnogs in December. Oh I'm yeah, down. we'll get like some like onesies or something. Oh, I want a Christmas onesie Same. so bad. Yeah. They just look so comfortable. Or, like, one of those animal onesies. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, they there's, like, a shark blanket. I love sharks. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I could just be a shark. I went to um, Guatemala <laughs> once, mm-hmm. and we went to these Mayan ruins, and we met a Mayan shaman, and he was doing, mm-hmm. like, these rituals. And me and my boyfriend, Jacob, we, like, ran into him, and we were, like, we, like, asked him all these questions, and he was, like, do you guys want me to tell you guys your spirit animals, like, your Mayan spirit animals? And we were, like... Yeah, yeah, and he was like, "You're a shark." I love that. <laughs> I was like, "Nice." Yeah, I was like, Literally. "I was like, I hate like I'll take that," but like it was so funny because he was literally he just like took one like he's like, "You're a shark." <laughs> I was like, "No, I actually know this." I'm like, are you just like pulling this out? Was he high? Was he high? I know. Just, I'm like, you're just like saying whatever also, animal like, comes up. Yeah, before that, he's also telling us about like the aliens that come to the ruins and stuff. So that, make, like, that checks out. Yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. So you know, shark powers. <laughs> I love that. I like 100 believe if I went free diving with sharks. That like they would sense that I respect them like and they wouldn't boy. try and eat me. Yeah, essentially just shark boy. We yeah. like we would just like literally stare at each other and we'd just like nod and be like, mm-hmm. so Shelby. <laughs> to kind of wrap this up. Yeah. How do you embody your health? So embodying your health honestly really means um doing like keeping the promises to yourself of like doing what you're say like doing what you say you're going to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. So you know, the ultimate form of, um, wellness and the ultimate form of, um, embodying your health is keeping those promises to yourself and, you know, creating that trust within yourself. Like if you say you're going to take some time to meditate, if you say you're going to take some time to go to the gym or do your cardio, or you're going to like eat better, um, building that trust with yourself and doing exactly what you say you're going to do, do it. Because I think that's the ultimate form of self-love. I love that. And I completely agree. I feel like when you are doing what you say you're going to do and you're showing up for yourself, like you said, that builds self-love, that builds self-confidence. And it's just something that we need to work on more. You know, I feel like we're all so eager to do what other people tell us to do that when it comes to following through on what we tell ourselves we're going to do, we're like, Oh, well, I didn't get to it today. I'll do it tomorrow. It's like, exactly. like show up for yourself. Yeah. Prioritize yourself. Yeah. yeah. I think that, yeah, that's a, that was a huge lesson of, um, you know, it's like, again, like going on those binges or going on, you know, oh, like I'm not going to hit the gym today. Um, yeah, you're losing it. Every time you deny what you said you were going to do, like you're losing trust within yourself and that hinders your, um, your self-love, that hinders your relationship to yourself. So keep promising yourself things and follow up with it. Yeah. And it really, like you said, it builds that self-confidence because mm-hmm. it's just like building confidence in someone else and trust in someone else when they say 
when they do what they say they're going to do, then you see like, okay, this person is true to the word. And it's the same thing with yourself. Like, that's why people, whenever they feel bad about themselves, it's because usually don't, they don't really do what they say that they're going to do for themselves, you know? So showing up for yourself and being there for yourself and doing the things that you want to do and being true to yourself will, will lead to all-time happiness and will lead to embodying your health. And world peace. Yeah. And I mean, actions speak louder than words, and so yeah, that applies yeah. to you too. So 100%. just do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank, thank you guys you. for having me on. coming on. Yeah. I look forward to our uh, December one where we're going to get drunk. Yeah. That's, and that's health, onesies. too. Wait for, yeah, wait it's for valid. part two. Yeah, wait for part two. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'll bring home that trophy in two Yes, weeks. you Yay. will. <laughs> Maybe you can take shots out of the trophy that you bring home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can that. put it in the center. It can be a centerpiece here. It's like it's a just... sword, actually. Oh. <laughs> the, oh, we can do, like, a ski lift <laughs> type of shot, you know? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We can all sit on one side. And it's winter so fit the thing. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Alrighty. Well, thank you for listening and yeah. I love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.